The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Today's show is brought to you by The Athletic. Sports coverage that helps fans see the game from every angle. Featuring sports writers like Jeff Duncan, Larry Holder, and Catherine Terrell. Covering all your favorite New Orleans teams from the Saints, Pelicans, LSU, and more. They have you covered. The Athletic provides coverage you can trust on every sports story that matters. Get breaking news and in-depth stories on every team you follow in an ad-free reading experience. Join today to save 40% on an annual subscription to The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash saintshappyhour. Once again, that's theathletic.com slash saintshappyhour. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's, it's painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It is time for our regular visit with Kat Terrell of The Athletic. The Athletic is awesome. You should sign up and support New Orleans media. They're doing an awesome job. Kat, thanks for joining us. I know you... Uh, had a little accident this morning on your run. We were talking about it before we hit record. Are you okay now that you've had coffee? I had a rough morning. Um, if, if you saw someone in mid-city launching themselves through the air in front of Noma Mia, that was me just tripping and falling. Uh, I'm good. Just a few scrapes. Not Nothing too bad. I'm on my second cup of coffee of what will probably be five today. So, you know, oh we're, we're rocking and rolling at 9 a.m. If you're, if you're out there and you took video of this incident, please post it on social media. Yes, post so it. I have a, uh, I'll give you a free T-shirt, Saints Happy Hour T-shirt. I will just tag us and we'll, we'll send you a T-shirt. So I just like kind of laid in the dirt for like 30 seconds afterwards, just like accepting my fate. So people are probably like, what is wrong with that person? She looks homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fell all the I fall all the time because I limp and I have two pins in my leg and a rod. And last week, me and my son went to the pool, and I knew I was gonna eat it, and I stumbled into the grass, kind of like that, and I just laid down. And my son was like, "Come on, Dad, the pool is open," and I'm like. I need a minute. And he's like, no, you need to get up now. Like really, <laughs> really loud. Everybody's looking at it. So I'm like, kid, you're killing me. So oh, this, we're, we're, we're off to a dark start. We are. Well, we got, we actually, Andrew, we might, we have, we have semi-breaking news. Adam Schefter reported this morning, Kat, that Alvin Kamara and the Saints are super duper close to a deal and it's going to get announced in like the next day or two maybe even today uh that it's done um thoughts on that and where do you think it will like if you had to guess where do you think the contract will land as far as numbers wise 
Well, I think the timing is interesting. I mean, from what I heard, like I said all summer, the Saints liked Clowney, but they didn't want to pay as much as he was asking. But I also heard that, you know, they needed to take care of Kamara's contract first. So that may have been a holdup. Well, then all of a sudden, they're just kind of going all in on Clowney. And I wonder, does that mean they kind of were like, okay, we're going to push Kamara's contract on the back burner? And now that Clowney isn't coming, they suddenly have the resources to devote to it again? I don't know. It's kind of weird, but it's interesting to see where this is going to end up because there's kind of like the school of thought that the Saints are going to be rebuilding soon and are going to need to shed money. And there's the school of thought that, well, the Saints are actually a pretty good team. Um, they're just going to need a quarterback. So you need a guy like Alvin Kamara. So people are going to be pretty divided on this. But I I think I, I would assume maybe he'll settle for – I say settle. I would assume that maybe they land on $13 million a year. Um, not sure, but it would have to be around that range. I mean, I don't think that they would have moved too much on what initially was – being offered yeah and i've I've said this a few times i mean 13 million a year is is generous when you consider derrick henry put his team on his back and he he, you know put brought them to the afc championship and he's getting 12 and a half million a year and you know i mean look camara he's different for the saints offense he offers more in some ways than that he's both a running back and a receiver and so but i i think that's a fair value so I, i think the saints should 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 offer it, but I also think that's something Alvin Kamara should be happy with. So hopefully, Ralph, they get that resolved. Yeah, no, I hope so too. And uh, I look, I it's not my money. I love Kamara. His quote yesterday about the the, the NFL and their pumped-in sound cheating the Saints uh, was just fantastic. But Cat, here's my question that that I talked about on the podcast: in that um, the way the Saints went all in on Clowney in a way that we haven't seen before. Obviously, they're trying to use Cleveland Brown cap space to sign players. Does that tell is, – is, is that tell us something about how the Saints view their defensive line that maybe we don't see? Because I was just, I was just stunned that Loomis invent, tried to invent a new way to use cap space to get Clowney. <laughs> Does that mean they don't think as well of the defensive line as maybe we think they do? I weirdly, I don't think that's it. I just think the Saints become enamored with certain players and then do everything they can to get them. And a lot of times, and I think this has been talked about, it doesn't work out. And that's actually ends up being a good thing that they don't get these players. I don't know how much it, it's so easy to say Clowney would have been the missing piece, but would he? I, I don't know how much it would have changed the team and if it would have been a good deal. I mean, of course. We will we will see in the next few months if he just plays and has this monster season. But no, I just think they thought, hey, this is a really good player that's still out there. We can, you know, be elite. I mean, the defensive line is very good. You saw that with the sack numbers last year. But they did have a tendency to kind of disappear sometimes when needed. I mean, the consistency was the problem. But no, I don't think it was a okay. We're not happy with Davenport we're going to get clowny. I just think they thought it was a chance to add a really talented player into the room. Yeah. It's interesting that Kat, that you talk about sometimes the, 
the best assets, uh, you know, with Mickey Loomis and with Sean Payton, kind of the best things that have worked out for them in terms of free agency and just the offseason is the deals that don't happen. That's um, a long list, the one, by the, the way. Like yeah, Josh I mean, Norman. That's the meat. That's the one I yeah, thought about. Yeah, Josh that's Norman or, you know, the one I think about is they, they were locked and loaded to draft uh, Reuben Foster, you know, and then he gets pulled yanked from them at the last second and they have to settle for Ryan Ramchick, right? Yeah. So the Bengals actually really liked Ruben Foster too. I think there were a lot of teams that liked Ruben well, Foster. Well, the ba- the Bengals are are the boys town of the NFL. They love <laughs> troubled players, right? <laughs> well, it's funny cuz um I uh, when I worked for ESPN, we had to do like a live mock draft. So you have to go up there on the podium and basically tell the world who you think the team's going to pick. And I prided myself on being right. And uh, Ruben Foster, I was told by the team, or I was told by someone within the team, like, yeah, you're good if you go with that player. And then I learned later they took him off their draft board, like, the day of the draft. So, like, I go up there and I say Ruben Foster, and then that is not who they picked. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Uh, so it's funny when you look back now, like, when you say you think the team's going to draft someone and they just completely go the other way. It just goes to show, like, how crazy it could be and how you could think this player is so great and then three years later they're they're being cut i I saw so many guys in the waiver wire i remember from drafts past that i was like oh man i thought that guy would have been a good fit for the saints or that guy would have been a good fit for the Bengals, and now they're all free agents so it's a it's crapshoot for sure all right well let's let's talk about this 53-man roster so you know as we all know there's probably still going to be some tweaks uh before sunday um but at least with where we stand now uh, what what are your biggest takeaways and biggest surprises? Uh, biggest surprises, I thought that Benny Fowler would actually make the roster. Um, I was actually wrong on both of my wide receivers. I feel like I had the roster pretty pegged, except for the wide receivers. But I did say like that could, I mean that could have gone either way. They were all talented. I thought Lil Jordan Humphrey might make the roster over Callaway just because. They know him. The guy can block. He was pretty consistent through camp, but it totally also makes sense to me why they went with Callaway. Um, I'm, I'm trying to go through my head. I need to pull up the roster. Um, Marcus Hunt, I didn't think he was going to make the roster, but he's still stuck around. I guess I'm surprised Emmanuel Butler's not even on the practice squad. Yeah. That's a little surprising yeah. to me. The godfather of our hype train. He invented this <laughs> sound effect, and he's gone. Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna have to find a new player to use that for. I know, it's sad. Let's go with Callaway. Let's go move <laughs> on to a new, new receiver. <laughs> that, the guy's uh, got a lot of potential, so I totally see why they didn't want someone else to come snatch him up. As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball and the NBA are in full swing, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the BetOnline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. I noticed that, so, and I know, again, take this with a grain of salt, I get all that, um, but the unofficial depth chart came out, and they have Caden Ellis listed as a starter. Um, 
I was shocked to see that. I, I mean, I guess, you know, Kiko Alonso is on PUP, so he, he's technically not on the active roster currently. And, I mean, from what I had been reading, it looked like they were trying to work Zach Bond into that spot, and I know he's been injured and he's missed some time. Uh, I guess I just didn't really think about it enough to really truly consider that Ellis could be a starter in base week one. This depth chart seems to kind of suggest he might be. I'm curious, Kat, like, based on what you've witnessed from Ellis, does he look like starter material to you in these practices? Or do you think it's more just like that's the best guy they have while Alonzo's out and Zach Bond is not healthy? Well, my thought on that is sometimes these depth charts are kind of weird in that they just, when it's close like that, they just put the guy that has more experience or the veteran ahead of the rookie. They didn't do it that much this year but they have done that in the past so that's not surprising and also Zach Bond was working at a couple of positions so maybe they're thinking like Caden Ellis is going to only play this position Zach Bond's going to be moved around so we're not going to list him as the starter I mean I wonder how much they're even going to be in base they're going to be in nickel so much I, I just could see I could see both of them kind of rotating with Ellis to me, of the young linebackers, and I'm not including Bond because he was hurt, I thought Hanson kind of stood out more, but they both, like, rotated in with the first team. And one of the days I wasn't there, or one of my colleagues was like, Caden Ellis had a really nice day today. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's shown flashes. I just don't think he's going to be playing as much as we think he is, but I could be, I could be wrong. Um, I just think it's going to be a defense where there's probably going to be a, more rotation than, than uh, there was last year is are we prepared for how weird Sunday is going to be, Kat? I just feel like of all no. the sports, football needs fan, – fans at football games are more, are more a part of the whole experience to me than any other sport. And I just feel like Sunday at noon, we're going to watch this and it is going to be – Weird. Are, are, do, do you get that sense from the Saints that they're expecting it to be this entirely new experience and that they're trying to prepare for it, but maybe you can't? Well, when we were in the Dome last week, they did. They had the sound on for a while and then abruptly turned it off. So I don't know if they just got tired of it or they just wanted to use it for a little bit. But, I mean, I think it's going to be weird because with the sound, you have to set it to a certain decibel level. You can't change it. And I don't know if you can turn it on and off. Like, I don't know the exact rules of, like, when the sound is going to be playing. I mean, so that's just a weird thing to have to worry about. Like, <laughs> when we're going to turn our crowd, fake crowd noise on. Um, so <laughs> it actually doesn't make me laugh uh, thinking about the jokes that – we're going to follow me saying that. Um, But, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about, but um, I don't know. It's weird. And I think the players are just trying to focus on football as much as they can, but it's going to feel strange. I mean, the dome is a really big space and it's going to feel really cavernous and maybe like echoey and without any fans. I don't know. I mean, speaking as someone, as anyone who followed me for a while knows, I love college football. I've been going to co- I've been going to college football games since I was a little kid. I opted out of my LSU tickets this year with the rest of my family because I don't really want to go to a game if it's not 
the same atmosphere as it was. You know, I don't want to go sit in 90 degree heat when there's no fans and no energy and, and none of that. Like that's what makes football games special. And yeah, the NFL is a little different, but I think it's going to feel so weird if any fans are allowed in eventually because the fans make the game and it's just not the same without them. And I feel really sad that people aren't going to get to go see this Brady and Bray's game. I mean, Brady and Bray's. Breeze and Brady game that they've been talking about for months. I don't know. It just makes me just so disappointed for for everyone who's been looking yeah, forward to that. Yeah, I hear that. And then just like the culture of tailgating in New yeah, Orleans, and just you don't even yeah, it's you don't even get to enjoy that. So these are strange times for sure, as we know. Um, Kat, I, I want to get back to the roster just quickly. I, I know you said that, uh, and it's totally accurate that that they're going to be in and nickel mostly. So you know, Caden Ellis will probably, he would be the third linebacker in anyway, if you, if you were to see the field at all, and they're primarily going to be a nickel, but all we've been hearing about all camp is how ridiculous PJ Williams has been that Patrick Robinson is on fire. Uh, we know how much they love CJ Gardner Johnson or whatever I'm supposed to call him. So, <laughs> so, so I guess my question is if they're a nickel, Right. I mean, we know who the two safeties are, Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams. We know Jack Rabbit and Lattimore, your starting corners. So there's only one extra DB. Who is it? Because like for, from everything I'm reading, Patrick Robinson, PJ and CD Deuce, all three of them are killing it. So who is ahead in the pecking order in your mind? If they're wait, sorry. So if they're a nickel, like instead of CJ Gardner Johnson, Sorry, I misunderstood what you're asking. Well, like, I, you so I, I guess I'm assuming I'm assuming when I asked that question that Malcolm Jenkins is your starter at strong uh-huh. safety. So I guess they, if there's only one extra DB that can come on the field, and your choices are Patrick Robinson, PJ, or CD Deuce, which one of the three? Oh, okay. Um, well, I think it would be CJ Gardner Johnson, but I think he could end up being the weak link. I, I don't know with him. I say this all the time. You kind of, you have to take the good and the bad with him. He plays, he plays really aggressively. I mean, that's just who he is. Sometimes that's great. Other times it really gets him in trouble. And I don't know that that's changed that much in year two. So, uh, man, I don't know. I thought his camp was pretty up and down. But, I mean, I still think that he's going to be the main slot guy. I, I don't know. Sometimes I kind of take also training camp performances with a grain of salt, good or bad. Like, I know Patrick Robinson had a good camp, but, you know, it doesn't mean all of a sudden Patrick Robinson is going to be starting. Uh, It just means he had a really good camp. So, I mean, it's definitely a good sign that they all looked good, even the backups. But um, I think (laughs) Gardner Johnson is going to be the one to watch. It's just going to be interesting to see how his season unfolds, um, especially if he's lining up against some of these top receivers. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellows down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in the dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools and it includes 
tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 Nail Kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrants, antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that's designed for your balls. We won't judge you if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com, check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Do you think Ruiz at guard, do you think that is going to be a season-long thing, or do you think they're going to try to switch that up eventually, or is that like, this is what it is for for 2020, the offensive line, we're, we're, McCoy, you're staying at center all year, Ruiz, you're at guard all year, and that's how it's going to be, assuming no injuries, of course. Right. Um, I mean, I think at this point, you know, just go with McCoy at center. Like, don't try to change things if they're working. I mean, it it stinks for Ruiz because they already came to camp on this really compressed timeline. He didn't get the summer to actually have live reps. So basically, everything had to go right for him to be able to start at center. And the day after he got hurt, I asked Peyton, you know, is this going to get is this gonna is this gonna be a setback for him competing at that position and of course he was like oh no he's he'll be back and you know he's still not back uh, which is how it goes but I don't think I mean McCoy is perfectly capable unless somehow he just starts struggling I think you just leave him there and then you kind of revisit it next year but, but I mean it's probably all up to what Breeze wants really right like who does Breeze want at center um and he's been working with McCoy basically all training camp at this point. I mean, really, Ruiz got like two days at center before he got hurt. So um, they could surprise me, but I don't know why they would, would rotate or switch it up or anything. So um, also, as you look at this at this roster, you know, you, you talk about all the surprises at camp, um, but who's a guy for you of the sort of the non-stars like uh, – maybe uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Latavius Murray, who's a guy on offense that you think might be a little bit better than people think in their sleeping on? If people haven't had their fantasy draft yet that they should take. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the obvious is that Jared Cook is going to have a great season. I don't think I'm going out on a limb saying that. I think, I think he's going to be like way up there in targets, maybe even second or third, just because it's it's really hard to defend against him with that big body frame and everything. So, I mean, that's an obvious one. Traquan Smith, I go back and forth. Like, I know the Saints have been talking him up all summer, but I'm kind of the person who's like, all right, well, prove it to me first, you know? So I think he's talented, and he did have some nice catches in camp. I just think there's so many good pass catchers in this offense. Like, where does he fit in, you know? Um, last year you had to go down like three or four or five people before you got to the next receiver um, in yards. And that was Ted Ginn, who had like 400 yards. He was like fifth on the 
list behind like running backs and tight ends. So, I mean, it just shows you how, how much of this offense became geared around Michael Thomas last year because they didn't have a competent number two. I mean, this year I would be, if I were defense, I would be nervous. Like how do you do, how do you guard against cook uh, and Thomas and Sanders and Kamara and maybe Troutman ends up breaking out this year. I don't know. I mean, I think that comes from a small school. It's that's definitely going to be a tough challenge, but um, he's looked good in camp, but uh, yeah, I guess I would say if you can draft Jared Cook, you should try to get him for sure. So let's, yeah, I mean, Jared Cook is, I think, a total fantasy sleeper. You're right. And, you know, it's too bad that Yahoo didn't come around on like ESPN did on the Taysom Hill thing, just making him available as a tight end. Because, uh, you know, then then I think it gets more interesting taking him. But, Kat, uh, let, let's talk about the game Sunday. Um, you know, obviously, Saints versus Bucks. It's really hard to know what to expect in a season where you haven't had preseason. Um, and I heard Sean Payton kind of talk about looking back at what Brady's done in the past with Gronk and just what he's done in New England and the Bucks maybe trying to do things to make him comfortable. But then also the Bucks offense, you know, looking at what they did last year, because it's still the same scheme, same coach and same playmakers, you know, at least the receivers, you know, still Godwin and Evans. So if you look at all that in totality, are you expecting the Bucks to come out and be more like a Tom Brady offense, like what we saw in, in, in New England, where it's more like the dink and dunk and the backs catching a ton of passes and, you know, Edelman catching the five yard outs like it. Are you foreseeing an offense that's going to be more like that? Or do you think the Saints are preparing more for what Tampa showed last year, which is two outside receivers that are exceptional and add Gronk to that and them just airing it out all over the place and really pushing the ball down the field? I guess I, I could. I'd go the airing it out route. Like, for some reason, even though we've been talking up the defense all training camp, I foresee this game just being a shootout. Maybe it's just because the Saints take a while to, to warm up when the season starts. You've seen how early season Saints-Bucks games have gone before. That's right. And I could just see scoring back and forth. Um, I, I guess it all depends on that uh, – a lot of more Evans matchup. I mean, that's going to be so key. And then, of course, you're talking about two aging quarterbacks. Uh, how do they look? I mean, it's one thing for Brees to throw a 50-yard pass in training camp, but how does he look in the game? And same thing with Tom Brady. I don't know why Brees' arm always gets talked about, but no one ever talks about it with Brady. Maybe I just don't pay attention. But, um, yeah, I could totally see this being a shootout with all the weapons on, on both sides now, which is why I'm looking forward to it so much. I can't believe it's less than a week away. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm pumped. And I know all saints fan, everybody listening to this podcast, I know they feel the same way, but so let, let's talk worst case scenario. And that's like the Ralph glass half empty, uh, <laughs> approach. Um, if you were to ask me right now, like, what am I n- most nervous about with this matchup? It's Andres P like, let's not forget. He's just coming back from a broken hand uh, I don't even know if Ruiz is going to play in this game. I'm kind of waiting with bated breath for the first injury report, which comes out today. And I- I'm hoping that Ruiz is practicing, but if not, comes we may tomorrow. be lo- Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Tomorrow, but <laughs> we may be looking at Nick Easton starting in this game potentially. 
And I just think about blocking Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vey, Golston, Shaq Barrett off the edge, Jason. I mean, this is a solid front from Tampa and a good pass rush. So how scared and worried should I be about the interior or asked a different way maybe, uh, do you agree that the interior of the offensive line is the biggest concern going into this game? Hmm, I'm trying to think. I probably, I mean, the Blacks do a really good front. Their secondary is really their their big question. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's the the big test, right? I mean, they spent their off season trying to fix the interiors, probably in large part because of what they looked like in the Vikings game. And I know that wasn't just it with Larry Warford, but it was part of it. And that's probably, I mean, I feel like Andres Pete downplayed this so much, but I wonder if the Saints told him, like, all right, hey, we're going to give you this new contract and you're going to lose some weight. Because, <laughs> yeah, because of Larry Warford issue, part of that was because he was yeah. overweight and it was driving Peyton crazy. So did they tell Pete that too? I mean, I wonder, is, is it going to make him more athletic? Is he going to be able to move better with, with this weight off? I, yeah, we would think the answer Pete? is yes, but, you know, who knows? Pete is the in the pole position of player that Saints fans hate. That like, <laughs> well, I know. Like he, <laughs> like because corner's gotten better. Corner is always like number a uh, number one issue because you see him getting burned, right? And Jason David and Brent and all of them. But man, Pete, <laughs> he's been in the pole position for like two years. Of like, he's the guy we hate. He was bad. He, you know, he was bad in the playoffs because he got hurt when he was playing with a broken hand. People have the video of him giving up the block last year. They got Drew hurt. Oof, like he, yeah. if, if if you had a wanted poster, but instead of wanted, it was most hated. He's definitely. Uh, on the list, and then he got the the huge contract. Um, it's it's going to be. It might. I hope it's not a rough year for him, but it might be. Cat, uh, I have an important question to ask. Uh, is the fox robot Cletus? Is he going to have a mask on Sunday? <laughs> uh, I didn't even think about that. That's really funny. I hope someone designed a mask and put it on him. That would be funny. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe they'll just go the route and we're pretending like everything is totally normal and. We're just going to superimpose fake fans under the staff. I, I don't know. It's gonna, that's going to be like, weird, right? Yeah. Are they going to play the music when you see them all coming out of the tunnel and it'll be an empty stadium? Join Saints Happy Hour Fan Club today. We'll mail you the best swag. You'll get exclusive access to our daily Saints podcast, and you can talk football 24-7 with other Saints fans in our Discord channel. Go to saintshappyhour.com and sign up today. With the Fox theme. Uh, it'll probably be a lot of really tight shots. You can't see the, the rest of the stadium. And then I assume that the first few rows are probably all going to have, like, ads or something superimposed on them, so you can't tell. Um, It's going to be – I think they're probably going to acknowledge it less than the NBA did. It's just my guess, but I I don't know. I mean, the NBA embraced it. They're like, hey, we have fake fans, you know. It is what it is. This is what we're doing. I thought that it worked well. Yeah, and the and 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 the NBA was like playing. They're playing in like gyms, right? So like you like they oh, like can't, ballrooms, yeah. Yeah, like they can't like the NFL. They're like we can computerize the fans and pump in the crowd noise, and no one will know, and we can just pretend that it's no game as usual. Whereas like the NBA is like, nah, we're playing in ballrooms. We gotta like acknowledge it. But uh, can you give do you can you give us a game prediction, and then we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm thinking Saints 42, Bucks 36, something oh crazy like this. Wow, we really wow. are calling for a shootout. That, oh, yeah, yeah. that would make America, seriously though, 
Cat, if that comes to pass, that would make America so happy that we got to watch a wild football game Sunday. It really would. Saints fans would be like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> well, you spent the whole training camp talking about how good the defense looks, and this is what happened. And also, now that I say this, it's obviously going to be like a like a nine to six game. No, it's not going to happen. They're going to score touchdowns. But um, yeah, that's that. Maybe that's a little, a little too high. But I don't know. I guess not in my mind. I keep thinking of that Bucks game a few years ago with Fitz Magic and all of that. That was before I came back. What was the score of that game? It was, it was eighteen, right? It was one. It ended up being one score. It ended, like it was like forty nine to forty two or forty eight to forty. Like let's see. Um, it was 48 to 40. Good God. Yeah. Good so they're expecting that game again. I with could the Saints totally, I could totally see yeah. that happening. Yeah. But also, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving the Bucks too much credit. I I think the Bucks are going to be a good team, but I do remain skeptical because I've seen this story before. The Bucks had this great offseason. They add all these players and free agency. Everyone says, oh my God, the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. And then they don't do anything. I mean, like 2013. And it's it's still the Bucks at the end of the day. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like the Browns last year. Everyone was putting them in the Super oh Bowl. Oh, my God. Here we right? go. Yeah, I was skeptical about that, too. I, I was not. Gonna, I picked them in Survivor League. Season. I picked them in our Survivor League week one, and they got housed. And I never forget. Ah, I never man, Cat is starting to convince me here. I don't know, man. Like, I, at first I was thinking – you know, if they try to work in Fournette this week, that's going to be weird because he's not ready. And as much as you want to believe Brady's going to be prepared, it's still like no yeah. offseason, less chemistry than he would like. And yeah, things, new offense with new quarterback. I mean, it's just like that, that makes things more difficult, but it would be totally on brand for the Saints defense to light it up in camp, look amazing. <laughs> The Saints offense to kind of peter along, not look so great. And then as soon as the first game comes, then the offense turns it on, pours on 42 points, and the defense can't stop anyone. Did that well, happen yeah, against the be... Texans last year? You're starting to convince me here, Kat. Yeah. Just, I think they, they do that on game board. one. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I, could... I, I, I don't know why it is, but for some reason in game one, the Saints just tend to do that. Maybe they didn't in 2017. I don't know. I wasn't there. Yeah. No, uh, well, they they looked horrible. Uh, Twenty nine nineteen. They looked horrible well, they Monday night against Minnesota. But um, no, I was thinking that the Saints win. Tom Brady looks awful. The Patriots look awful. And then all next week on first take on ESPN, cat, it's do Belichick and Brady both have regrets that they left? So that can be that can be the talking point for Stephen A. and all the uh, <laughs> the shows at ESPN. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash match. Just go to indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past— And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. (laughs) AutoTrader. So, Kat, oh, before man. we get out of here, we, for a week. before we get out of here, we said it at the top of the show, but remind people that The Athletic has a very special offer 
for Saints Happy Hour listeners. All right. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com slash Saints Happy Hour and get a 40% off discount code. Try us out. Uh, we're going to have a ton of great content this season. We have a ton of training camp content right now if you want to go back and look and see what happened as we get ready for week one. But um, definitely come give us a shot. Give us a uh, shot. And, uh, yeah, that's, right. that's about it. All right, guys, do it. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for Kat, as always. She gives great insight. Uh, hopefully your next run will be better than your run this morning, Kat. Uh, so for so. Andrew, for Kat, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>